0: Welcome to What's a Crime, I'm Linda and today we're going to be talking about a young man named Justin Evans. He's been missing since December 12th, 2020, just two weeks before Christmas. He just vanished on an early Saturday morning from a shed and hasn't been seen or heard from since. His disappearance is completely out of character and deeply concerning for his family and his friends. Justin's family and police have been searching ever since his disappearance. The police have said we still consider it criminally suspicious. It's a very mysterious case. But before I get into it, if you'd like to be part of the It's a Crime community, please click that subscribe button below, hit that notification bell to all. Please give this video a like and please share this video where you can. Now, let's get into it. This is Justin Evans. He's 22 years old, 6'3", with short brown hair and a slim build. He has blue eyes and no facial hair. On the day of his disappearance, he was believed to be wearing blue jeans, a gray winter jacket with a hood, and a gray toque, also known as a beanie. He was also wearing camouflage boots. Justin was last seen in a shed on the property he lives on on the morning of Saturday, December 12, 2020 in the city of Kilworthy, Ontario, Canada. Notable, Justin does not drive or have his license. He did not take any bags with him and his wallet was left at home. His cell phone though is missing. Justin lives in a trailer park called Muskoka Falls Camp and Trailer Park. He lives there with his best friend Bud, Bud's girlfriend Kiera and Bud's parents. The trailer park is located about a 13 minute drive south of a city called Gravenhurst. Gravenhurst has a population of just over 12,000 people, and the area where Justin lives is very small and very, very beautiful. Justin is described as a good kid, low-key, and fun kid to be around. He is an avid fisherman and loves the outdoors and often went fishing and camping with his stepdad, James. In fact, James and Justin had just bought new snowmobiles for the winter. And something to note for those of you who are wondering, Justin knew that the warmer winter, and we'll speak about the weather in a minute, but he knew that the temperatures were warmer and not to go on the ice if you were wondering about him being a fisherman and on the ice. And Justin's stepdad, James, has checked all their favorite fishing spots. Notable, all Justin's fishing gear is accounted for. Now, James describes Justin as an average 22-year-old who likes to spend his time working, hanging out at home, and also spending time with his family, and they lived nearby. It's said that Justin is extremely close with his family, and he wouldn't go this long without contacting them. Justin's well-liked by the members of the community, and I'm even told that Justin would help the neighbors spruce up their areas by helping them with landscaping. Now Justin doesn't seem to have any high-risk lifestyle factors. I was told by a family member that Justin often hung out with his family and he would watch movies with his sisters. He even dressed up at Halloween during COVID so that the kids can have some fun and get some candy. He also enjoyed hanging out with his young cousins and he was described as always a joker. Justin's grandma Rona describes Justin as a low-key kid. She says he's very close to his family, he's pretty predictable, he would never put his mother through this. And speaking about his mother, Her name is jamie she had a post and she said now if i may i'd like to tell you about justin he was a happy 22 year old young man he'd visit home my home often not every weekend but often he spoiled his younger sister maddie and loved lounging around with his sister Kristen. no siblings could be closer they would spend hours together talking watching tv or shopping justin often bought maddie whatever she hoped for he was very generous He'd take his sisters out for breakfast almost every morning he visited. Justin was a great cousin. He had more than 10 cousins, 13 and under. He dressed up as a clown with his sister, the ringmaster this year, just so we could give the little ones a great COVID Halloween where each adult set up their own station to trick or treat at. He worked in his grandparents' store, wise choice, until he turned 18. Many customers remember him and ask for updates. Now, at Justin's current place of employment, he worked with his roommate and best buddy, Bud. They both worked at McLaren Press Graphics and worked on the production line. Justin and Bud are childhood friends. Now, McLaren Press Graphics is located in Gravenhurst, which is about a 25-minute drive from Justin and Bud's place to the workplace. And as I mentioned, Justin did not drive. So Bud would drive Justin to work as they both worked at the same place and they worked shift work together. Their typical shifts were from 12 a.m. to 8 a.m. So now let's get into the timeline. We'll start a week before Justin's disappearance. On Saturday and Sunday, December 5th and 6th, 2020, Justin stayed at his parents' house. He did have a small accident during this time on a snowmobile and hurt his left side of his ribs from a whiplash motion. Now he was sore but functioning. This is the last time his family sees Justin ever again. Now, in a social media post after Justin was reported missing, Justin's buddy Bud states that Justin complained about being sore at work from the accident, but he was able to complete his duties. Bud said that Justin voiced that it was a little hard to breathe from the injury, and it was also sore to lay down on his left side. Now, a few days later, on Wednesday, December 9th, Three days before Justin's disappearance, he heads to work with Bud on the 12 a.m. to 8 a.m. shift. This was a normal routine. The next day, Thursday, December 10th, he's at work again with Bud. Same shift, midnight to 8 a.m. Justin and Bud arrive back at home at 8.45 a.m. that morning. The rest of the day is unknown. Now, on Friday, December 11th, this day is also unknown of activities, or contacts with friends or family. Now something that piques my interest here is there's absolutely no information of what Justin did, any of his activities or who he spoke to on that Thursday the 10th or Friday the 11th. So I do wonder what Justin did these days. Was he seen by anybody and did he talk to anyone? So stay tuned for more information on that. Now on Saturday, December 12th, this is the day that Justin reportedly went missing. The weather that morning of his disappearance was a mild temperature of 2 degrees Celsius with light snow. In Fahrenheit, this is 35.6 degrees. It's considered fairly mild for Canadians in wintertime. Now, there was light snow and it was mostly cloudy with light rain later in the afternoon, according to the weather report. So now, according to Bud's mother, Glenna, who Justin also lives with, She says that Justin had breakfast just before 8.30 a.m. and told her that he's going to head to the shed at around 8.30. And this is something that Justin would often do. He would let the family know if he was going to his family's house, if he'd missed dinner, if he was going to be somewhere, even the shed. And Glenna states that she cleaned up after breakfast, washed the dishes, and then went into the living room and fell asleep in her chair. So Justin heads out to the shed. Now, typically what he'd like to do in that shed, he'd like to tinker with things like his snowmobile, that kind of thing. He was also known to listen to audio books while he was in there. And this is the last time Glenna ever saw him again. Now, in a later social media post, Bud states that he and his girlfriend Kiera saw Justin in his dad's shed around 7 a.m. in the morning that day and that Bud waved to him. This was an hour and a half before what Glenna reported. But here's what's notable. The 7 a.m. sighting wasn't declared in the beginning, but in this social media post almost a month later. And also notable, this was not previously stated to the family of Justin. Bud says that he and Kiera then headed to Barry, Ontario that day to go shopping shortly after that. It's about a 45-minute drive away from their home. That afternoon, a text from Justin's phone goes out to his mom, Jamie, at 3.44 p.m. saying, it's not been confirmed yet, in response to an earlier text that Jamie made asking Justin if he's getting time off for the holidays. The text, though, is described as uncharacteristically brief from Justin. She states it was her last contact with him and she was unsure if it was actually him. Now at the time of receiving this text, Jamie says that she is in an outdoor clothing and equipment store called Cabela's in Barrie, Ontario. She was there buying Christmas presents. This is the same city that Bud and Kiera stated that they went to that day. Now Barrie has a population of almost 155,000 people. Notable, Justin did not have plans on this weekend to be with his family. He never spoke to his family about arranging a ride with them as he normally would if he needed one. And he didn't speak to his family at all about visiting this weekend. And he didn't say anything to the family that he lived with that he had plans to go anywhere as he usually did out of courtesy. Now, Bud states he and his girlfriend get back at home between 5.30 and 6 p.m. but didn't see Justin. He says he asked Glenna if she had seen him and she stated that she didn't see him since early that morning. Now, Bud's girlfriend Kiera also stated that day that they left at 7 a.m. to go shopping in Barrie and she says they picked up two people along the way. She stated that she and Bud came home that Saturday evening and then unloaded their car. Then she says they went out again and went into Gravenhurst to a grocery store called Sobeys to pick some things up. She also says that Justin didn't show up for dinner that night and that he often slept through it. She says when she arrived home, she and Bud stayed in their room all night and watched movies, played games, and ate snacks. Now, this was in a Facebook group that she made these remarks and then it was deleted. And also from another post which was also deleted. Notable. Kiera does openly say through her social media that she didn't like Justin, they were not friends. In one of her posts, she says, I won't lie, Justin and I were not fond of each other and that's okay. Just because I didn't like Justin doesn't mean I don't want him to come home. Now the next day on Sunday, December 13th, Justin is still nowhere to be found. Now the family he lived with has noted his absence in the home, but report that they hadn't actually gone to check his room or go check the shed. And on this Sunday night is in fact another work night for both Justin and Bud. Bud leaves work without Justin and he doesn't look in his room or check for him where he would often be around the house. Justin doesn't tell anybody that he's going to be away and doesn't let anybody know that he won't be there for dinner. Now Bud states when he went to work he discovered Justin wasn't there and Justin didn't notify his boss of his absence. Bud states this is unlike Justin. Now in the early morning of Monday, December 14th, Bud gets off of work. Bud states he then tries to call Justin a few times on his cell phone and it goes straight to voicemail. He assumes Justin is asleep and doesn't hear it. Bud then goes to sleep. Bud says he wakes up around noon and Justin still isn't around. He says that he assumed Justin had gone to his parents as he usually does. Now notable, Justin did spend a lot of time with his family but not every weekend. And when he did, he always gave the heads up to the family that he wouldn't be there or would not be there for dinner. Bud states he wasn't worried until Sunday night when Justin hadn't answered his text. So at this point, this would be a day and a half since anyone has seen Justin. So now I'm wondering here, if Bud was worried when he got to work that Justin wasn't there, then I just would like to know why didn't he go to look for Justin when he got home from work rather than go to bed and then get up at noon and then look for Justin just something that I'm curious about bud says after he woke up he then looked around for Justin he says it's only then that he looked in Justin's room and he discovered that Justin's wallets there and his regular travel bag was also still in his room he then states After that, his mom tells him to check the shed to see if he was out there. Bud says he then goes and checks the shed, which is around 50 feet away, and finds his shed in disarray and calls Justin's parents, according to Bud. Now, Kiera, Bud's girlfriend, says, Justin almost always goes to his parents house. She also says that Justin mentioned something about taking a long weekend and she described it as that's the reason why they were only a little concerned when he didn't reply to their texts. She goes on to say that they just thought he was sleeping. As I mentioned though, they did not go and check to see if this is the case by knocking on his door or checking on him in his bedroom prior to Monday. So now it's over two days since Justin has been missing. Now, Kiara also says that Bud woke up and checked Justin's room, but she didn't mention the time he woke up. She says that Bud finds Justin's charging cord for his phone, his wallet and duffel bag when Bud looks into, that, into his room. She also says, and I quote, when Bud found the shed in the condition it was in, he raced inside and told his mom to call Justin's family. Now, four hours after Bud wakes up, at around 4.15 p.m., Bud's mom, Glenna, calls Justin's grandmother, Cindy, at her home. Glenna asks if they have seen Justin. She tells Cindy that she made Justin breakfast Saturday morning, and after he finished, he said he was going to go to the shed at around that 8.30 a.m. mark. Glenna says to Cindy that she did the dishes, went to the living room, and then fell asleep in the chair. She said she never saw Justin since. Now, Cindy recalls Glenna saying that she went to the shed to look for Justin, and she found the shed in, uh, well, let's just say a state it shouldn't have been. The details, as of the time of this recording, are not made public. Now, almost 15 minutes later, 4 29 p.m. Cindy then contacts Justin's mom Jamie who is at work at the time and Cindy states she just got off the phone with Glenna who was asking if they had seen Justin. Cindy tells Jamie about the shed and they agree that the police should be called. So Jamie leaves work extremely concerned. She speaks to James who is Justin's stepdad and he calls the police so Jamie can try to get a hold of Justin. While Jamie drove to Justin's residence, she repeatedly tries to call Justin with no response. She then contacts Glenna. While Jamie is on the phone with Glenna, it was reported that Glenna laughs and says he hadn't seen Justin since Saturday and goes on to say that's just not like Justin to leave and not say anything. Now Jamie yells at Glenna to call the police and someone from that residence then calls the police at Jamie's insistence. Notable, Justin's best friend, Bud, does not attempt at any time to contact anyone in the family. It was four hours that had passed since the time Bud found Justin's stuff in his room until the time that the shed was checked and the police were called. Now, something was in that shed or something happened in that shed to make them want to call the police. And the only family member that was contacted was Justin's grandmother, Cindy, from Glenna. Bud's mom. Also notable no one in that household contacts Jamie Justin's mom or Justin's sisters or Justin's stepdad to ask where he is over those last three days or notify them that he's missing and they haven't seen him and they wonder where he is. Also notable both Bud and Kiara thought that Justin was at his parents house. My first thought though would be wouldn't they naturally call where they think he's staying at if they haven't seen him for a few days and especially since Justin didn't show up at work and that was unlike Justin. Now, approximately at 5 p.m., Jamie arrives at the property just ahead of the police. And while she was en route, it said that she was contacted by the police and was advised not to enter the property or the shed. When she arrives, she asks the family what happened. Jamie says she recalls Bud saying that he and his dad went to Barrie that day on Saturday and wasn't home all day. Glenna repeats to Jamie what she said on the phone call to Cindy. Now, Kiera states that Jamie and the police showed up within 10 minutes of each other. Kiera states that they also gave statements to the police and were asked to leave the premises and the forensic team took over. Now, it appears that the police had possession of the house and shed for three days while the crime unit and forensic unit processed the property. Vehicles were also said to be seized at that time. Now, in a later social media post, Bud states that he didn't say he went to Barry with his dad. He later tells the family that it was his dad that lied about being in Barry with him. And he corrected his statement made by his dad when questioned by the police. He says his dad was home drinking all day. Now, I do gotta say this, I do find it hard to believe that it took two and a half days to look in the shed. I just find this really strange. And we really don't know what Justin was doing for On Thursday and Friday so if anybody has that information that would be great to know I just I find this really weird and to me this is starting to give me red flags because it's reported that he's missing on that Saturday morning but perhaps did he go missing on Friday or even Thursday because those days are unaccounted for now when it comes to Glenna saying she gave him breakfast that morning it had been already two days later so was it that Saturday or was it that Friday that she perhaps could have uh, made an error and and made a mistake in which day it was but bud glenna and kiera say they saw justin saturday morning and justin misses that shift like i said and he isn't around the house for two two and a half days skips dinner where he's normally would say something and doesn't text back i mean it's really strange and totally out of character And if Justin liked to go into that shed to tinker, then you would think the people or somebody would go check to where he was seen last, right? I mean, just in case. So now, almost a month later on January 11th, there was a sudden death of a man at the Muskoka Tourism Centre in Gravenhurst, which is about 7 kilometres or 4.3 miles away from where Justin lived. Now, the police did make a point saying that this is not connected to Justin's disappearance. Then there is a second death and police confirmed it was a resident in the same trailer park where Justin lives. And the lead investigator, his name is Matt Watson, he did not confirm if it was connected to Justin's case. He said, we are continuing to investigate a number of other leads, but I have nothing further to add at this time. He says, my investigative team, the one that's initially investigating the disappearance of Justin Evans is also investigating that death. I don't wanna get into the evidence on it. Now, here's what family and friends are saying about Justin. His mom, Jamie says, Justin is desperately missed. We grieve every day waiting for news that never comes to explain what and who is responsible for taking him away from me, from us, his family. And in the Facebook group, and I will put a link below, Jamie has posted some paintings. She started painting to keep her mind busy since Justin has gone missing and she wanted to honor her son. She says, I miss Justin so very much. I'm not an artist. I don't think I've put paint on anything except a wall since high school. Waiting for any news is torture like I've never experienced. So today I decided to try painting to keep my mind busy, but I wanted to try creating something to honor my son. So here's the best picture of his spirit doing his favorite thing. Now Justin's stepdad, James, says Justin didn't have enemies and didn't use drugs or engage in a lifestyle that would put him in harm's way. He said this didn't have to happen to him. And he stresses the family is desperate for anyone with information to come forward. He says, something bad happened and we just want to find out what happened. Come forward if you know something, the person who did it, you know who you are, please come forward. He says, our family is falling apart, we're a mess, We don't have any information, so we're left with our own thoughts. The part that eats at us the most is that they, meaning the family that Justin lived with, waited three days to look for him. Now Justin's sister, Kristen says, I want him found, I want him home. Justin is my only wish for Christmas. For my birthday or New Year's, I wish he would come home. Justin's never not had contact with us or gone missing before. We are very concerned about his whereabouts and if he's okay or not because he would never just disappear. Now here's what the police are saying the lead detective as I mentioned Matt Watson says we still consider it criminally suspicious it's a very mysterious case and he wouldn't confirm whether there are any persons of interest at this point saying that is evidence that could impact the investigation and he says foul play has not been ruled out and it is considered criminally suspicious. Now the Muskoka crime unit is currently assigned to the case and they have seen support from canine services, the provincial intelligence unit, the cyber operations unit and forensic identification services. Also the emergency response team and also aviation services as well. Matt says, we've pulled out all the stops on this. It's a high priority case. It's really unusual. It's still an active investigation and we continue to follow up on all leads. He says the family is fearing the worst and while hoping for the best they want closure, he may not come home safe but we can put him to rest. Now obviously the detective knows something and to say a statement like this seems to hint that Justin isn't coming home the way that is hoped for. He also said that the weather can present certain challenges as well. Police are conducting regular ground patrols and says certainly snow can hide evidence. Now, in a recent update just a few days ago, it said that this case is in a holding pattern until the results of several items sent for forensic testing return. And Matt said that it's taking time to process the evidence because of the level of thoroughness we've asked for with some of the exhibits. Once we have all the results back, I think we'll have a clearer picture. Now the Facebook group is called Bring Justin Evans Home. I will put that link in the description below. It is created by family. There was also a vigil held. It was an online vigil that was held on February 12th and Justin's cousin Heidi talked about Justin's disappearance and she says two months mark a long battle. We don't want to mark three. And she made one of the comments that absolutely warmed my heart. She talks about the vigil and support and she says to show Jamie that her candle isn't the only one lit. She says, you think people would lose interest, but they're not. They're messaging us, asking what's going on. What can they do? We are incredibly touched and continue to be touched by the people who have stayed with us and remain vigilant. This is not an easy process. It takes a lot of faith and patience. And the idea of this virtual vigil to mark the two-month anniversary uh, felt to the family like it was the best way to connect with many people who have offered their support. And given that it's the pandemic and the stay-at-home order and winter weather, a search party or an in-person vigil, which is typical in missing persons cases, wasn't possible. She says the vigil was important because people felt antsy and she says people have this eagerness to do something. She also goes on to say we know enough to know that he didn't just wander off. Now if you have any information, no matter how small it is, regarding the whereabouts of Justin Evans, please contact the Ontario Provincial Police at 1-888-310-1122. You can also contact Crime Stoppers anonymously at 1-800-222-8277 or you can report the information online at crimestoppersssdm.com. If you'd like to email me about the case, you can also email me at itsacrimeandashame at gmail.com. Please put the subject line Justin Evans case. Let's have a chit chat below. This story is absolutely heartbreaking. I can't even begin to imagine what the family is going through. And pieces to this puzzle are not fitting, are they? What happened to Justin? What happened to this young, kind, respectful, and responsible man who just wanted to go tinker in the shed on a Saturday morning? And what happened in that shed? How does a six-foot-three man go missing into thin air? Where could he have gone He doesn't drive and he doesn't have a license. And why did it take two and a half days for anybody to realize that he's missing? Also, why did it take four hours to call the cops that day? And why didn't Bud, who's his best friend since childhood, since kindergarten, know that something wasn't right sooner? Especially Justin missing work when they'd both go together all the time. Bud was his ride. Is Justin's disappearance related to the other man that was found deceased? Does the family who lived with Justin know more than we think? Or was there some sort of confusion in all this? Were there searches that were conducted by the family other than in the shed? So many questions, so little answers. And like I said, if you know something, no matter how small, know that that could mean the difference between Justin coming home and never coming home again. Say something. And if you're scared to do it, do it anonymously. Imagine if this happened to you or your family? What would you want people to do? Please share this out and let's get Justin back to his parents where he belongs. As I always say, limbo is hell. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Please like and please share. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon.